Today's show is brought to you by Casper. Get $50 toward any matches purchased by visiting casper.com slash biggest and using promo code biggest. Today's show is brought to you by our own bonus episode. Okay. Are you talking about you? No, I didn't run away from home. I did move out pretty abruptly. I actually... Would that count as running away from home? No. Did you tell them? Uh, did you tell your family you were moving out abruptly, or did you just leave? I think my last words were "fuck you, fuck you, fuck you," and then and I got I'm my running car. away. <laughs> That's um, ra- you ran away. <laughs> the Voyager's not twenty billion miles away from the sun. Oh, you better be right. Yeah. After the last month, it's not. I don't, I'm gonna put. I will put money on it that it's not twenty How billion much miles. Money? 12 bucks. Wait a minute. Okay, 12 bucks. We made a rat enclosure that was basically like uh, rat Caesar's palace. Little fountain. A lot of toys, a little, a little fountain. Blackjack, little rat blackjack. Got a little rat blackjack. Uh huh. And a little back of rat. <laughs> back of rat. <laughs> Before the pizza tractor, you just sat in your apartment after you, you didn't even know if the pizza was coming. Well, what, what do you think? They have their ovens synced up with some like fucking Wi Fi thing that's updating a server? No, all they the time. just click they push a, button. a button. Yeah, they push a button on the on the PIA, on the point of sale system. The same thing that prints out what's on the pizza, and then it updates the system. I'm and skeptical. Then, oh, you're such a fucking cynic. <laughs> you're such a cynic. <laughs> Oculus Rift, you'll believe that yeah. plugs right into your yeah. brain, but a pizza tracker no. where you Man, have to press a button. That's way Man out of on the moon, yes. <laughs> pizza yeah. tracker, no, no way. No. Absolutely not. It just doesn't seem efficient. They're going to pay a bunch of workers standing around pressing buttons all day. They have to press the button. It's the same people making your pizza. And he was just saving every single paycheck until he said, I'm just going to try to get an apartment and a girlfriend. And eventually he did. It doesn't fit the predisposed notion that you have of homelessness. How's he going to hang on to the money with a girlfriend? (laughs) Yeah. Now available at thebiggestproblemintheuniverse.com. Welcome to the biggest problem in the universe, the show where we discuss every problem in the universe from canker sores to wanker sores <laughs> with, with over six million downloads. This is the only show where you decide what should or shouldn't be on the big list of problems. I'm Maddox with me is Dick. Hey, what's up, buddy? And Sean, our audio engineer. And Hello. welcome back, Asterios. Hey, everybody. Yeah. Big. You don't have a drop from Tim Chang's, do you? I Asterios. need one. I'd like one. No, yeah. you wouldn't. You would. They're what? garbage. They're garbage drops, Asterios. They're really good. They're they really good. Here, I'll do one. Asterios, Coconos. And then just add re- a bunch of reverb and, and distortion to that. There you go. No, no. This is how they sound. Okay. Made off, you some bitch. <laughs> <laughs> That sounded better than yours. Like a shitty Duke Nukem. Uh, Anyway, guys, the big episode 99 before our big episode 100. (laughs) Not not our anniversary, by the way. Where we're only going to. Is this going to happen again, really? You You, you really care this much? No, no, no. It is episode 100. Okay. Okay. Good. No, we're we're celebrating. I was was busting busting balls here at the biggest problem. That's what we do. We bust balls. Uh, but we also of, record bonus episodes that you can download now if you go to the website. Oh my gosh, fantastic bonus episode! And Dick, I think this is the first one where we actually may have solved some problems. We solved homelessness. Yes, we solved getting pizzas. Uh-huh. Okay, getting pizzas in a fun way, though. Oh. Yeah, not like where, <laughs> not where you're sitting around with your dick in your hand, <laughs> wondering where your pizza is. Uh-huh. This is an interactive pizza experience. Wow. Yeah. We solved uh, people who are fuck sticks who don't, who are just dreamers all the time. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. 
and we solved uh, nothing. We solved nothing else. Advertising. Yeah. We solved nothing more. The great panacea of our uh, time. Of everything. Yeah. Ads. Absolutely, ads. Ads are the glue that hold our society together. The reason you're both in the room right now. Ads. Advertising. Wrong. Ads. Wrong. Absolutely not. We got a full house today, by the way. A large studio audience today. What's that? Like six, seven people. This must be a record. Yeah. Must be a record. Candy okay. Randy must be blowing his lid right now. He'd be blowing his lid if he saw this. It's not even here. <laughs> not even not here. Even here. No. All right, guys, moving on. The biggest problem in the universe from last week was road blockheads. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Fuck them. Fuck those guys. Crybaby problem. Crybaby? Crybaby problem. That's what that was. Fuck those guys. Followed by murderers. Yeah. Uh, uh, Sorry you were inconvenienced taking your groceries home, but murderers are a bigger problem than one protest that blocked an intersection. Sorry. Uh, I've never, I've been affected by road blockheads tons of times, and I haven't been murdered once. Therefore, there road you blockheads go. Way bigger more. problem. <laughs> I wish I could, but I can't. Yeah. Uh, followed by acne, and then dead last was junk in the trunk. I guess you think that junk in the trunk is a solution. And again, uh, for those who haven't listened to the episode, we're not talking about big asses, which I have no problem with. We're talking, <laughs> we're talking about literal junk in your right. literal trunk. Yeah. I got a comment from Eric Luster. If if anyone could be a murderer, it would be Sean. Jake Jones says he's moved up to deleting people. Oh, Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. <laughs> moved In one up, of buddy. your drug hazes. <laughs> Chris LaRoche says Maddox used to be a serial killer, because you were talking all about serial killers. Straight up murdering boxes of shredded wheat daily. Do you remember when you would do that? <laughs> yeah, I uh, used to. Idiots. Uh, I got a comment from Ricardo Conde. Conde? Condo. Condom. He says, uh, Sean was probably late Good. because he probably deleted the recording off the gig he was at, and they had to do it all over again. <laughs> so, kind of a long joke. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of ball busting for Sean this mm-hmm. month. How do you like that, yeah. Sean? Okay, What's well, the guy's he, name? Wait. Ricardo Condom. Oh. Here's some ball busting <laughs> for you, then. <laughs> yeah. Uh, hey, hey, guys. <laughs> I'm, I'm Maddox, and... Oh. Uh, People Pretty good impression. People disagree with me <laughs> are, are lesser minds, and they, they talk like this. Uh, Milwaukee is a state. Yeah. Take a fuck yourself. You know what, guys? Here's the thing. You you know what? Wisconsin has a branding problem, okay? When people think Milwaukee's a state, your state sucks. That's how that's how people that's how little people know about Wisconsin. No one knows shit about Wisconsin except for that fuck ass TV show about the murder who uh you know uh had the cousin or whatever. Is the, did that happen in Wisconsin? What are you talking about? about make Making it, make a murder. murder. I don't know I where don't, that happened. I don't know See, where no that one happened. knows. No one knows shit about Wisconsin. Why don't you name your state to Milwaukee? That's a more that's a that's a name that's a name I can get behind. Did okay? you think that Milwaukee was a state in the last oh, episode? I was just going through M words and Milwaukee came out. Big oh, deal. This guy's going through M words too. Hey Maddox, <laughs> here's a list of states that begin with M: Maine, Maryland, Massachusetts, Michigan, Minnesota, Mississippi. Missouri, and Montana. Mm. Huh. You know, that's really weird because uh, Milwaukee is not on here. Mm. Oh, that's right. Because Milwaukee's a fucking city in Wisconsin, you retard. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck yourself. Uh, What an asshole idiot. He left off Montgomery, though. Oh, right, the state of Montgomery. Absolutely. Uh, Yeah. Uh, that guy's that guy's an asshole and an idiot. And, and by the way, does anyone in this room doubt for a second that he wasn't reading that off the list? 
I don't think he was. He yeah, wasn't sound like he, he was it reading. It sounded oh. off the dome to me. Yeah. No, it didn't. <laughs> you don't know. You don't know the first thing about what things sound like when it's off the dome. Now you disagree <laughs> with me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that guy sounded like an idiot. Okay, well, these guys do have some valid criticisms of something you said about Oh, boy, movies. I can't wait to hear this. More shitting on Maddox. Oh, Jesus fucking Christ, Maddox, you dumb motherfucker. Dude. Virgins don't die in horror movies. Ooh, the sluts die in horror ooh. movies. The virgins are always the final Dumb girl shit. to make it all the way to the end. Cut this voicemail off. This guy's full of shit. This guy's a moron. Jesus Christ, you call yourself a horror movie fan? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, shithead. I was in a horror movie, okay? One of the best. Go fuck yourself. What, what horror, what horror movie, movie were you in? I was in a movie called Ooga Booga. <laughs> oh, <laughs> It was man. a good horror. It was really good. Uh, I was. Uh, we were robbed from the uh, Oscar, the Academy Awards. Oh, Leo ripped you off. Uh, no, it was two years ago. I think two years ago came oh. out. Uh, not a, a total, total snub. Academy Awards snub. Anyway, shithead. Uh, yeah, virgins do get killed in horror movies. They're sacrificed. Have you ever fucking seen a horror movie in your life? Do you even know what a horror movie is? I don't see. I don't remember virgins getting killed. Though, you don't even horror watch horror movies. movies. What are you talking no, about? Well, sometimes the virgin gets killed last. I yeah. mean, like, you know, sometimes nobody makes it out alive. But, like, yeah, having sex is, like, punishable by murder in those movies. Well, it depends. Yeah. Some some horror movies, they're killing people who have sex. Some of them, they're killing people who don't have sex. Either mm, way, sex is involved. I okay. don't. Okay. Wait, but I would like to say this. At the end of this episode, I would like to listen to that clip from Ooga Booga that you're in uh, live on the air. I think that'd be fun. Oh, boy. All right. Uh, I, I, I kind of would, too. If, yeah. you, if you guys are good boys and girls. Then maybe I'll play the clip. We're probably not going to get to hear this. Okay, let's just move on then. All right, I got one song from uh, Chris Strand. Oh, let's hear it. About you, Sean. Again. Oh, I know this. No, I can't. Dear guys, I can't take the pressures of this dog eat dog world anymore. So I'm moving to rural China to be an ass farmer. I got a late night craving. Oh. I'm going to farm some ass and weed. (laughs) <laughs> With weed and ass, I'll plant my seed. <laughs> my songs are always the best. Are you yeah, a weed and ass man? Who are we kidding? Of course you are. No matter what asses you like. Chinese. <laughs> and don't worry about getting caught, because all evidence will be deleted. So Sativa Shams, weed and ass man, where things don't just get weird. They get fucked. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good ad. Yeah, great Who was ad. It? Chris that was really good. Chris yeah. Strand. That was he, really good. He he did uh, the the real shitty bags of sand song, and then he did real funny uh, Dick Masterson small face song. That now the uh, Sean uh, I don't song. Remember the small face song? Yeah. Did we play it on the show? Mm-hmm. Oh shit! I, I got it right know. here. Well, we've all heard it. Then. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I got one more. I've, I've got one more thing. I got to read. A fan sent me a uh, care package. Um, from Joe. Dick, I know it's odd for a grown man to be giving another grown man he doesn't even know a gift. He's right. But I wanted to thank you for getting me in shape. About a year ago, I heard you talking about lifting on the podcast, and for some reason I started doing it too. I've lost about 30 pounds and put on some muscle. Thanks. If only the podcast was around before I got married, I'd most likely be getting more tail. Oh, well. Vote up time travel. (laughs) And a hotter wife. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> How could, well, look, if she started lifting, this wouldn't be a problem. 
Oh, good luck. I'm just saying, <laughs> if you figure out the solution to get your wife in the gym, you win the bonus episodes forever. I just want a swole wife. Yeah. I, almost, so hard? I almost packed some fireball in here for Maddox, but purchasing it would be fucking embarrassing. <laughs> so he's an asshole. I bet that guy's still fat. That guy sounds like it's a real fat son of Wait, what do uh, you got no, there? Not sharing this gift with you, then. It's what? Masterson Straight Rye Whiskey. Wow. A very tasty whiskey. Did you know that that was a real thing, Masterson's? No, I didn't know that. Never heard of it. I can't yeah. wait to crack it open. It's I'm not, get, put, get I'm not putting it in your kombucha. It's not kombucha, Maddox. shithead. What, well, it's purple. It's, it's not it's, purple. It's, it's grape it? Kool-Aid. It's and nothing. You'll treat it as such. You know what? It's just raw cranberry juice, okay? It's delicious. I'm not mixing this wonderful rye with, with cranberry what juice. I'm anyway, shit. thank you, I'm Joe. Over. Thank you, Joe. Thank you for nothing, Joe. Okay. Enjoy your ugly wife. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Well done. Well done, sir. I got one last comment from Joe <laughs> Joe Attilo Caruso. He says, after Maddox's car was broken into, he always carries an empty dummy car with him everywhere he parks. <laughs> I wish. That's a gr- that's, that's a brilliant idea. I got this. A doctor sent me a giant email about ADHD. You remember we talked about oh. You brought in AG, ADHD yes. D. Oh. I don't know. The second D was a typo, I think. No, it se- wasn't. It was diagnosis. That was my problem. It, attention deficit hyperactivity disorder diagnosis. The diagnosis part was the problem. All oh, I heard okay. was attention, and I just zoned out. Okay. <laughs> Hold on to serious. Hey, wait a minute. I haven't used this in a while. Oh. Yes. <laughs> I've also Still got, got one, it. one about bits. Uh, <laughs> So it's a big email. Let's see. He said, first of all, uh, the examples you used to describe ADHD in the show were incorrect. This guy's a doctor. The disorder isn't merely a function of fidgeting and not being able to pay attention. Um, He said, in real life, when children walk into the ER, his family practices with parents, they fail at grade school because they can't pay attention long enough to learn the basic requirements to pass. Uh, they affect the function of the class on a daily basis because blah, blah, blah. This, this sounds like their problems occur both at home and school to the point where they can't even sit still to watch movies or TV shows or even read a book. Uh, he says, ultimately, these children can't function in society and parents aren't. He's basically just disagreeing with you. Parents aren't qualified to diagnose ADHD. Uh, the pa- <laughs> yeah. Having said all this, the disease is overdiagnosed. Yeah, there are that many was instances where the parents fake illness in their children to it. So I guess he's agreeing with you. Yeah. I don't know. So well, ha- aren't having they both? Said- oh, sorry. Okay, go ahead. Well, I mean, aren't they both true? Aren't like I think we all know parents that like overdiagnose their own kids and ascribe problems their kids don't have. You know, as like instead of admitting that maybe they need to work harder as parents, you know, maybe their kids just have a personality that they don't quite comprehend. Or maybe they just kind of don't want to put the work in and they don't want to admit their kids are lazy. But at the same time, I feel like there's a lot of people that go undiagnosed. A buddy of mine, he's uh, getting married. He's uh, his wife's uh, pregnant. So they went to the doctor and in Arizona, like they screened both the husband and the wife for medical problems. And they were like, yeah, your wife's fine. You've got ADD. Like you have a serious case of ADHD. He's like 31. And I've always thought he did. But how I'm like, you, how this can guy you, can't focus. This guy this guy can't get anything done. He's angry all the time. You know, I, I don't think that's the only problem he has. But I just thought that that was cool that, you know, at age 31, he could walk out of a hospital and hopefully get a better life for himself. Wait, mm. why did they 
Pick that up in the screening. What kind of screening was that? It was he a psych threw screening. an ultrasound. <laughs> yeah. so, and then he started screaming for Ritalin. He's like, I need Ritalin now. And yeah. so those were two kind of giveaways. You know, so Dick, I read that doctor's email. Uh-huh. I was taking a shit. And I, that's about as much respect as I have for that email. And I was okay. reading it and I was like, okay. Well, let me wipe my ass and I'll go to my computer. With your phone? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, like grout. You know how you get that, uh, that stuff in there between grout? Yeah. Between my butt cheeks. Trowel. Yeah. yeah. There's like a trowel in my butt. Anyway, right. so then mm-hmm. I went to the I went to, on. I went to my No, computer. let's hear more about what you did to your ass crack. <laughs> uh, let's well, just as say, you refute this doctor's email. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> let's just say it was glued together with, with poop. Okay. <laughs> so then All what right. did you do? Sure. So, so I got up with my poopy ass. <laughs> uh-huh. yeah. oh, no, but seriously, I wipe well. Um so I went to the <laughs> I went to my computer. And I sat down. I find and that kind of hard to believe. You're a hairy guy. Yeah. Well, believe it, buddy. You want to say you want to take a look? No, thank you. Spotless. I could get I could get a good look at a, a butcher's ass by taking his. Well, you know the rest. <laughs> <laughs> you can eat off of my ass. It's so it's so clean down there. What did you do then? Oh yeah. So anyway, uh, back to the doctor's email. I looked up. I looked up on the CDC's website because I knew I read this before. I, mm-hmm. I linked to eight different studies. Guys, go back to that article, the website on the problem for that episode, and I linked to eight different articles like pages and pages of research i did and i again after that doctor sent that email i went to the cdc's website and i said of course just like i said in the episode that yeah. parents often diagnose their kids with add and they just go to the doctor there's no way there's no actual screening they do it's just like a bunch of tests they do uh, uh some quizzes they give sometimes some doctors give quizzes some don't it's it's like totally up in the air there's no there's no it doesn't seem like there's any kind of standard for this diagnosis and it's mm. way over diagnosed yeah, okay. Uh, well, I totally understand that. I mean, who, as opposed to like being a good parent who takes care of their kid, wouldn't it be easier just to give them a pill yeah. that makes them do what you tell them? I totally buy that. At the same time, you know, medicine changes over the course of years and decades. My father's best friend was mentally challenged. But because they were in Greece in the 1950s, their solution was to lock him in a closet and beat him with a stick until his grades improved and he behaved. Hmm. Like, that's how you treated mentally challenged people in the 1950s in Greece. They don't do that anymore because our understanding of these mental illnesses change. And so, you know, as science progresses, there's going to be some overdiagnosing. There's going to be some underdiagnosing. I mean, people always talk about Autism being way too overdiagnosed these days. But back then, if you were autistic, they were just like, you're a fucking retard. Like, you know, neither yeah. neither are great. It's That's how that science explains works. what happened to Angelo's mom. She's from Greece. Oh, boy. I got locked in a closet. Poor thing. Beat up with sticks. Dick. What? Hating on Angelo's mom. Poor thing. Yeah, poor mom. But we li- I like Angelo's mom. I think she's great. All right, let's do some problems. Yeah, I got a big problem, guys. Big problem this week. Facebook video. Yeah. I do hate videos. <laughs> I don't like Facebook video. I don't like Facebook, and I don't like Facebook videos. Mm. Guys, I am so, first of all, I'm so fucking tired of opening up Facebook and going to my news feed and having just video after video after video load because Facebook is tinkering with their edge rank algorithm and forcing videos into your news feed because they, they know that uh, the real money these days online is in video advertising because that's a captive audience that's watching your ad. And Facebook's next step is to put ads on these videos that they keep shoving down our throats. 
that are auto-playing on our newsfeed, that slow down your browser, that distract you, that are annoying. And also, what, Dick? You look like you're thinking here. Well, because I've seen some pretty funny videos on Facebook recently. Yeah, you you mean you've seen some videos stolen from YouTube and posted on Facebook. I don't care how they got there. (laughs) (laughs) Great. They're funny. I mean, yeah... uh, Sure. Okay. Sure. I don't know. I don't know where this uh, bike came from. It just fell off the back of a truck. I guess. Yeah. How much is it? <laughs> <laughs> Man, Are you so- like you would, like you wouldn't take a bike that fell off a truck? Yeah. No, I wouldn't take. I wouldn't take a. Wait. wait if it actually fell off a truck, Sean, but that's not really how it's you wouldn't fell buy off. something stolen. No, generally I, not. I know the well, expression. Someone's gonna buy it. Well, it's Why not gonna, you? It's going to be some unscrupulous character. It's not going to be me. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to support that. In fact, one time in Chicago, some guy, some guy came up to me and wanted to sell me an iPhone or an iPod, one of the two. And he came to the wrong guy, obviously. Don't, oh, I don't boy. like this product. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, sir. So this guy- <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't even buy this if it wasn't stolen. Yeah, I'll probably pay you to shut up. <laughs> So this guy came up to me trying to, be, trying to sell me this crappy, inferior Apple product that uh, doesn't have as many features as mm-hmm. the other products that have been on the market for years. And um, <laughs> <laughs> so this guy, you're definitely not a cop because you're retarded. <laughs> oh, my God. So he tries to sell me this thing, and I kept shooting him down. I'm like, guy, listen, you came to the wrong dude. I don't uh-huh. buy this kind of stuff. Uh, and I, I, by this kind of stuff, I mean Apple products. Uh, I don't I don't touch the stuff. It's awful. I don't want it. And he thought it was a negotiating tactic. So he kept dropping his price lower and lower and lower. And every time I kept trying to walk away from the guy, I'm like, really, man? I mean, that's a good deal. Even the offer that you first came to me with, it was like $100. $100. I'm like, even that was a good deal. I just don't want it. And, he, mm. and by the end of it, it was like $30, and he was about to budge to 25 and had he budged at 25, <laughs> I would have still said no and walked away. But, but, but he was so disappointed. He felt like he was a bad negotiator, which he, he was because he's selling Apple products. Oh. That's the lesson. That's the takeaway there. All right. So I have a question about your problem. Yeah. Now, it seems like there's two minds in this room. You're not talking about sharing a video to Facebook. You're talking about Facebook video advertising in platform Facebook video usage, correct or incorrect? Yeah, where know. where it shows up in the news feed automatically. Now, mm, I don't know. I'm not talking like about people's no. videos. No, no, no. Right? I, no, it's not. I'm not talking about people who upload their own videos to Facebook. Right. That's, that's native content that you have made that you're uploading to Facebook. What's Fine. Facebook video. Yeah. What Facebook do you mean? video. So it's 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 the way that Facebook that people on Facebook share videos online. So here's how it, here's how it usually happens. Okay. Some morning zoo radio show, <laughs> they'll go to YouTube, they'll find a funny clip, yeah, and then they'll just take it and watermark it with their stupid morning radio station, right? Oh. Okay. They'll upload it to their channel, and then people will, for their, their listeners and fans will think that, well, this is a funny video, I'm going to click share. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they click share on their newsfeed, and it just shows up, and it just racks up millions of views. Mm-hmm. Or does it? Nobody really knows for sure because Facebook cheats with their view algorithm. Mm. They inflate their numbers? Uh-huh. Oh, boy, do they. You, do you have any proof of that? I sure I, do. I have proof of it as well. Yeah, let's hear you what you got. You have proof of it? Yeah, it's just so, you know, Facebook wants to charge as much as possible for its advertising, mm-hmm. obviously. You know, you're an ad man. Like, so what Facebook does is 
they set all their videos to autoplay. And I'm talking about advertising only. I'm not talking about like a YouTube um, video of like a camel farting or something. What are you talking about? Which, by the way, is great. I mean, let's say Coca-Cola makes a 15-second digital ad and, they, and it's Facebook native. So mm. the moment you open up Facebook on your phone and you scroll past this video, it starts to play. Right. After one second, it counts as a view. So, yeah. so they charge Coca-Cola millions and millions of dollars for all these views that like don't really exist. They're these phantom views because you just kept scrolling and scrolling. So what they've done is they've made Facebook more annoying by having it autoplay all this content I don't want to see, slowing down my phone, costing me data because I, you know, I don't have unlimited data. I've got a cap. So it starts to play this video. Uh, you know, God forbid it's not muted. Then all of a sudden I'm listening to this thing I didn't mm. ask for. Mm -hmm. So Facebook can get richer. It's just, it's like a big scam. And I think mm. it's stupid. It is a big scam. I have here an article, Asterius. I don't think it's one second. I think it's three from everything I've read. But this article. It used article, to be one. Maybe they, maybe they increased it to three to be cool. But I still well, think three is probably sucked. What? Everyone was probably getting shitty ROI. They, well, they, they are. Yeah. They absolutely were. Yeah. And so a lot of advertise, like, you know, a, a, I can't name them, but a fairly big client was like, we are no longer advertising on Facebook video until they fix this. Oh, be it's awful. Yeah, be they, they straight up said, no Facebook video spends. You can spend on Twitter, you mm. can spend on YouTube, but you can't spend on Facebook until they stop cheating. Right. And it took, a, you know, and until enough companies do this, Facebook is gonna continue to cheat. One second to three seconds is not that much different. It's still shitty. It's really shitty. I have an article here from Medium. It's called Theft, Lies, and Facebook Video. And this guy talks about uh, how Facebook is inflating their numbers. He says Facebook counts the view at three second at the three second mark, whether or not the viewer has even turned on the sound. In the midst of a precipitous decline in retention, at that moment, ninety percent of people scrolling the page are still watching, according to Facebook. The silent animated GIF. But by thirty seconds, when viewership actually should be claimed, only twenty percent are watching. So 90% of people are being counted, but only 20% of people are actually watching the content. Hmm. And it's there's this graph that shows the Facebook retention rate. It is abysmal. If YouTube videos got this kind of retention rate, YouTube would be in the gutter. This is absolutely hmm. awful. Now, hmm. you, now, you could say... Who gives a shit? Who gives a shit of face of a giant corporation's ripping off another giant corporation? I think that's fair. It's just fucking annoying to me when, like, you know, I'm just trying to see pictures of my niece. I'm on the bus. Yeah. Like, I'm upset. I'm, I'm over to Facebook. All of a sudden, some flashing bullshit video with a dancing Coke can or whatever pops on. It's just an annoying way to experience content. That's it. That's the problem yeah. in my well, mind. It's, it's annoying. annoying. Well, yeah. also, Dick, you said at the top, uh, who cares? It's funny. But the thing is, when it's stolen, it's stolen from people like me. Well, that's I a different problem. The, if, if you want to, and I, by the way, I apologize for cutting you off there. Um, if you want to talk about content thieves, that's different. Well, no, no. This is this is the majority of the content on. No one is creating Facebook native content. This is all stolen content. There's maybe like five to 10% of people are creating, and these are big websites that are creating content native to Facebook, but it's all stolen shit. One of the worst notorious uh, uh, content aggregators on Facebook right now is this guy named Soflo Antonio. Mm -hmm. um, there's this big, uh, again, H3, H3 Productions did a big uh, thing about them, but uh, Soflo Antonio was stealing everyone's videos, right? And under the guise of fair use, he'd record a three-second bumper <laughs> at the top of it. He would say... He would say, hey, guys, here's me. Here's how I look when I'm driving a car. And then he'd cut to someone else's viral Vine video. Uh -huh. It's like, no, it's shithead. That's a different person. You had nothing to do with this content. And by the way, that's the same joke they're making. You're just stealing their content and throwing your shitty fucking watermark on it. And Facebook 
is starting to roll out ads. They're starting to experiment with ads on this platform. They're trying to monetize videos, right, to compete with YouTube. So they went to SoFlo Antonio, believe it or not, as one of the first people they wanted to monetize for content, his stolen-ass content from fucking YouTube. And he, they, they, there's this rabbit hole goes so deep. They even found out that the SoFlo guy created a second Shadow Puppet account that he was crediting for the content that he took right nice. oh that's pretty smart that's really clever well he got caught yeah. um so I mean, he, he worked for a while i mean he made money for a while clearly it's like that's all like every scam ends but yeah. if you can keep the money great is there any repercussions for any of these people everyone's just stealing each other's shitty well, content like all day reacting n- to whatever that's the thing driving Dick. their car that's the thing. Facebook, when Facebook first started out, uh, I would find my stolen content on there a lot. And I would just file a, a, a takedown notice. I'd say, mm-hmm. hey, guys, either I would first reach out to the creator. I'd say, hey, please take this down. You you didn't uh, you didn't credit me. You stole it from me, et cetera, et cetera. And sometimes it's innocuous. Sometimes people say, oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I didn't steal it from you. I saw it on this other website that stole it from you. I'm like, OK, fine, whatever. T- take it down uh, or credit me either mm-hmm. way. Because um, for a small Small-time creators, like people who are small to mid-level, it really hurts your bottom line. It really hurts you because this content is just aggregated out there without any credit, without any click-throughs, and without growing your personal brand. And as someone who's not a content creator who doesn't create content on YouTube, you guys wouldn't understand this. But for me, I that's I do a lot on YouTube, and I work really hard on my videos. And I pay money out of my pocket to hire an editor to work on my videos. And I, I pay for uh, produced clips i pay for stock photos and i stay pay for stock videos and i license images and sound effects and graphics and and music and everything and for me for someone like me to then have to sit there and and watch some shithead morning radio zoo uh profit off of my hard work is really intolerable they're it's really stealing hard to your videos with oh, you yeah. with your face talking to the camera sure Absolutely. Hmm. They'll take they'll even do it on YouTube, but it, at least YouTube has built into its system some way to take that stuff down if someone is just stealing your content. I mean, people will do it with anything popular. Why isn't there a huge lawsuit for this? Well, I like, think why, it's why isn't like, there like a big class action lawsuit with all these creators that are always complaining about this stuff? I think it's I think I mean you probably know more about this than I do, but I think like it's like, well, what law are you breaking? I bet there's a lot of interstate commerce at play. You know, it's like you ever hear like if someone steals your identity, it's like really hard to fucking take them to court because no, I like didn't know that. yeah, like, how are you going to prove it's you? <laughs> it's exactly. like if there's a robot of you, right? Mm-hmm. Like the judge is not going to know which is the real you. No, what they do is like the fake you and you will like swap positions a bunch. Yeah, and then you'll be like, it's me. No, it's me. And you know, it always it's pretty funny. Yeah, yeah. This, but yeah. uh, but I mean, you know, a lot of it is interstate commerce. Like if someone steals Maddox's video that he made in California in Iowa. There's a problem there. Well, you know, what court has jurisdiction? Well, what law did you break? Did you break a law in California but not in Iowa? Well, the guys in Iowa, what are you going to do? Extra item to California? Uh, blah, blah, blah. All the this internet shit sucks. makes no sense. Yeah, it sucks. No, you break uh, you break copyright laws. This is essentially another Viacom. What's, what's happening? Like Viacom originally, the whole reason YouTube has the DMCA takedown and they have automatic uh, content ID is because of Viacom. Viacom brought a $1 billion lawsuit, I believe, against YouTube there a long time go. ago. Yeah, and it was a big lawsuit, and YouTube told the the uh, judge, I think, in that case, I think they may have settled or they they uh, let it go, they dropped the case, but they essentially said, look, uh, we're protected under the Safe Harbor Act. I think the Safe Harbor Act online means that if you're a large content, uh, um, I guess, host, host yeah. right, 
and people upload a lot of content, it's impossible to police them all, right? Yeah. So you're protected under safe harbor. But Hmm. the judge said, well, that's not good enough because there are ways you can prevent some of this. There is content ID technology, and and that's why Google developed this content ID technology Mm -hmm. to assuage uh, the Viacoms of this world. And there's no reason – look, Facebook has some of the most sophisticated face detection software in the world. They can do content matching anytime, anywhere they please. They're just not doing it Uh, because they uh, want to artificially inflate these numbers. And this sucks. Yeah. This Medium article goes on. It says this might seem like it's a victimless crime, but it fundamentally values the number one metric of online video, which is the watch rate and the retention time. Uh, The view is the thing that everyone talks about, and it's the thing that creators sell to advertisers in order to make a living. Applying that word to something that is far less valuable is going to be extremely disruptive to creators. Ad agencies and brands are confused enough without Facebook muddying the waters and calling something a view when it isn't one. Well, I saw this thing on YouTube um, I don't remember what the guy's name was, but his his shtick is he's got two little figures talking to each other, and one guy has like a big nose, and the other one has a big chin. Okay, great A under A. Is that it? Yeah, great A. He did this big video about how so much content theft goes on on YouTube, and the guys who steal the content will be huge guys. They'll get all the money from all the views, and then YouTube will shut them down. And just not and not give all the money to the guy whose video they determined it was. Yeah. Like, yeah. they'll just let the guy keep the money. I was like, well, uh, is that their are they the cops here? They're just like gra- taking the money and keeping it? Who's who the fuck is who's holding these people accountable for this stuff? Nobody? Well, it's funny because with you because YouTube is both the platform and the advertiser, you know, with YouTube AdSense. Like, what's the gap between content and payment? Like, three months, or is there a cap on it? Like, after you break $50, like, at what point do you get paid for your YouTube video? Well, I am with an MCN called Fullscreen. Fullscreen is the largest MCN out there, and MCN stands for multi-channel network. And I think I believe the cap is $50 or $100 uh, that you have to accrue in revenue for them to pay out, and then the payment uh, is once every 30 days. Yeah, I mean, they have all the information. Right. Like, like, it seems like it would be super easy for, you know, just create a gap, create a 30 or 60 day lag in the payment, and then determine whether or not this person actually created their content. If there, yeah. if there was like a DMC takedown against it, or Maddox, who's like, you know, you're a YouTube partner, you know, you shoot stuff at the YouTube space all the time. Like, right. they know who you are. So, you know, if you find out that someone's stealing your content, God, you think they'd make it easy. Uh, somebody's going to sue the fuck out of them. That's yeah, that's all, what that's the only thing that's going to change this. But the difficulty here is, Dick, is that uh, YouTube is a blessing and a curse because it has democratized distribution. Now anyone with a good idea and a, and enough time, a fucking iPhone, yeah, 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 well, or a better phone, which is uh, on the market for years, <laughs> have been better resolution, they're mm-hmm. waterproof, uh, they have better image stabilization technology. All the smartest nerds use it. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, mm-hmm. so anyone can create content and upload it to YouTube now, and and that's the problem. No, well, it yeah, can. It is it a can. big problem. Yeah, there's no gatekeepers. It can be Sean. Riffraff's getting through the gate over here. It what can. what used to not be entertainment, like a man standing still screaming about something, <laughs> now gets watched by hundreds of thousands of people. <laughs> there used to be a way to stop this. Yeah. Well, <sighs> there's, there's so there are I all these. Agree. 
They're all these. In- <laughs> <laughs> Somebody sends me a YouTube video. Nothing on earth will make me watch that fucking thing. <laughs> yeah, it's got a dick. You no, watch YouTube videos. Give you know me what? a summary. No joke. All joking aside, I I consume more YouTube content than actual TV content these days. I watch mm. YouTube way more than I'd watch TV. Uh, there's certain YouTube creators. I finally found some YouTube creators online who I consistently like their content. In fact, Dick, you mentioned one of them. Grade A Under Under A mm-hmm. is a great YouTube channel. If you guys haven't seen it, check it out. Grade A Under A. It's this guy who does these uh, these rants in this really heavy British accent. Yeah, I don't know what ethnicity he is. Yeah, he's in the UK. Uh, he was a math teacher. His, his identity is still kind of mysterious, but his content is pretty solid. And then there's a bunch of uh, people on YouTube now who are, who are essentially doing, they're almost like... Um, slightly visual podcasts so i'll go to their channels and i'll watch them and they'll throw some some content on there um some visual content as well but it's pretty entertaining content anyway because you have all these new people coming up they're they're uh mid to large size channels and by mid to large size i mean anywhere from i don't know anywhere from like a hundred thousand to a million subscribers okay uh to give you an idea now, their channels are big, and they're making money. They're making a living off of their YouTube channels. However, they're not, they're not big enough to be this huge corporate entity that will then go to Facebook and say, take down our content, and we're going to sue you. That's what, that's what the problem is today. A lot of these content creators are just, they're big, but not big enough to do anything about it. You need an Aaron Brockovich. She took on the whole government. Yeah. Remember that yeah. scene where, uh, where she served those other lawyers water? Yeah. And they it. were like, oh, this water's delicious. Yeah. Where's this water from? And she's like, I peed in the water. I'm Aaron Brogovich, yeah. water pisser. And I, they were like, oh, my God, then, no. And Mazerly was like, well, how'd you get all this stuff? And she's like, There's, they're called boobs, Ed. <laughs> that was a great scene, <laughs> that too. Was a great scene, too. Let's talk more about Aaron Brogovich. Yeah. <laughs> so you got to sue these guys. You you file a lawsuit against them. Well, Fuck them. a lot of times in order to have a lawsuit against a company and for it to stick, you have to prove damages. You, I can prove your damages. Well, sure. You're being with you're, like this is money that you can prove could have gone to you because you look at if if a guy got two hundred thousand views on your content, let's say you monetize that at scale. Well, you know what's what's two, what's two hundred thousand views if you don't have an AdSense deal? What is it like ten sec ten cents per thousand or something? No, it's actually it's so YouTube on in a, on average depends on the your MCN yeah. depends on a lot of different things for but like a normal person, not for someone that has a deal. Uh, mm-hmm. I know. I think for for a normal person, it is about a dollar fifty for a thousand views. Yeah. So if someone has two hundred thousand views, a dollar fifty each. Let's do some math. Okay. Put a pause in here for a podcast, <laughs> and for I'm a- gonna get on my calculator. I'll be back in two days. It's serious. It's like one seventy five. That's, That's how much you'd be making. One seventy five goddamn dollars has been taken out of your pocket. I can prove your damages. Right. But then you have to first of all, uh, you have to prove that that would have been monetized. You have to prove that you would have had that equivalent number of views on YouTube. I mean, you could make the case but then at the end of the day the lawsuit costs time and money if i'm gonna be uh uh embroiled in some lawsuit that's gonna last me weeks or months of my time that's those are weeks and months of productivity that no, i have lost you. you need it's full a, screen need to do it you need yeah. aaron brogovich to team up not with full you. screen it's class action everybody and, teams up exactly it's a class and you're good you'll get a lot of pr out of it like when adam carolla went after those podcasting mm. patent trolls yeah. it raised his profile in the industry this That's happens true. every time there's a new technology though whenever like there was at the turn of the century it wasn't that stupid uh that bullet to the moon movie 
widely ripped off. Like this, this kind of piracy seems to be rampant every time there's a new technology. That's yeah. absolutely true. Well, it sucks and it hurts small and medium-sized creators. It actually does affect our bottom lines. It sucks to see our content stolen. And also, here's one of the most insidious side effects of Facebook video. It has changed the way people are producing content online. Now, I, I've turned off Facebook video. I highly recommend everyone do this. Oh, go to your this. Go to your settings in Facebook and there's a setting, thank God, that lets you turn off auto-playing videos. And since I've done that, I've seen hardly any videos in my newsfeed. I love it. Hmm. Um, however, I'll go to news sites and I'll click play on their news article and I'll notice some weird phenomenon happening. There's no words. There's nobody saying anything. It's just playing some weird music track and then it's showing a bunch of subtitles on the screen. And I thought, oh, of course, because they're creating content now for Facebook. They're, they're creating Facebook native content. Some of these uh, uh, news channels with no words, no dialogue, no sound effects, nothing, but just a music track playing and then a bunch of subtitles because they know that the Facebook native player doesn't play sound. So they leave it off for someone to click on on the sound? They don't even do any sound design anymore. Everything has subtitles on it. So all the content you're going to consume from now on is going to be giant blocky blocky text subtitles because of Facebook video. It's now a best practice to when you're creating a digital ad to have subtitles on it yeah. because you imagine that it's on Twitter, it's on Facebook, no one's going to turn the sound on. We still want to, you know, we want to try to capture our attention, so it has subtitles on it. It's, that doesn't bother me that oh, much. There's subtitles on. Who cares? Yeah. Well, I'll tell you who cares is because you have limited screen real estate, and if you have to use some of that time, first of all, it takes time to produce those subtitles, and it takes time to sync them up, and then you have to have everything completely transcribed, uh, and then that just adds to your production time. It's a lot of war extra work that I don't want to have to do because of fucking Facebook. If you want to watch my video, watch it in the way I intended it to be seen. Don't watch it with fucking subtitles on. If you want to watch it with subtitles, then, you know, download a fucking movie and you can watch it with subtitles all day long. But don't make me change the way I produce content and do extra work because of your shitty format. Yeah, he's an artist for fuck's sake. <laughs> Just like John Lennon. <laughs> I hate John to Lennon. To get that reference, you got to get our bonus episode. Oh, man, I went on a good John Lennon rant for all those haters. <laughs> Check it out, 133 on the website. Um, oh, one, uh, one final note, I guess I'll just end on this with the Facebook video, is um, they've also changed the way that people click on videos. So normally, the, content, the, the way you click on a video to pause it on YouTube is what? You just click the video again, right? Mm -hmm. That pauses the video. Facebook has started to change that, so it no longer pauses the video. However, what it does is it enlarges the window. No Facebook... I don't want to enlarge the fucking window, you dipshits. Hmm. I want to pause the fucking video so I can move on with my life. That's really funny. <laughs> Facebook is just like, instead of allowing you to stop the thing that's annoying you, it pretends, it. It, yeah, it pretends that it doesn't know that, and it yeah. just makes it take up your whole goddamn phone. That's great. I hate it so much. I love you, Mark Zuckerberg. You're a huge asshole, and I love you. Take him to bed. Mark Zuckerberg, do you love him that much? Well, it would have to be a comfortable mattress. I hope so. Today's show is brought to you by Casper. Get $50 <laughs> toward any mattress purchase by visiting casper.com slash biggest and using promo code biggest. Casper is an online realtor of premium mattresses, you guys. Mattresses can often cost well over $1,500. Mm -hmm. But Casper mattresses cost between $500 for a twin-size mattress, $600 for a twin XL, $750 for a full-size, $850 for a queen-size Guess how much a king size is? How much? You notice the pattern? Nine fifty for a king size mattress. Maddox has one. He loves it. He's got 
I, I can see them from here. There are three women in his bed right now. Mm-hmm. One of them is sleeping, so you know it's a good bed. It's not, it has nothing to do with you Facebook videos. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and you know it's a good podcast because yeah. one of them is sleeping. Always, always a good sign. It's a good mattress and a bad podcast. That's how you know the Casper mattresses are comfortable. Anyway, you get $50 off by going to casper.com slash biggest and using promo code biggest. If you don't mind me asking, just, hey, ladies, how comfortable is that bed? Shout out how comfortable that bed is. So comfortable. Really comfortable. All right. Really comfortable. Scream that sexier, please. So comfortable. Okay. All right. You know what? (laughs) (laughs) All right, Asterios. What's your... What's your problem? My problem this week is political satire. Oh, good. Political yeah. satire. I see Maddox wincing. Like I yeah. hate political satire. I also hate so political much. satire. So why? Much. why do you? Oh, well, you know it's what? So sm- go ahead. I'll prove it with stats. Okay. Okay. I'll prove it with stats. No. Let's hear okay. that shouting. Right. Now Maddox is interested. Yeah. Right. Uh, Will Ferrell's George W. Bush impression. Closed zero Guantanamo Bays. <laughs> huh. uh, really? Zero Trump supporters were convinced to change their vote after watching SNL's hilarious Racists for Trump sketch. Oh, and wow. zero Democrats stopped loving Michael Moore after the scene in the movie An American Carol, where a nuclear bomb destroys everything but Michael Moore's giant ass. Can you believe it? I can't believe it. I went nope. true. These are stats. But wait a minute, wait a minute. How many Trump supporters switched uh-huh. to Bernie because of make um, make Trump Drump again? The oh. Drump hashtag, uh. surely the Drump hashtag was so eviscerating and mm-hmm. so destructive I know. to the man's political, to his uh, policies. Yep. To the sub- to unwavering support of mm-hmm. millions of them, surely a hashtag did something. Well, let me tell you, my slacktivist loving friend. Yes, uh, the make Donald Trump again right. segment of the John Oliver Show uh, last week tonight is officially the most watched piece of content in HBO history. Yeah, is it really. It was just. It, it was just. Uh, I, I read about it today in USA Today. It is the video clip that has been watched the most. Out of anything HBO has ever made. The last episode of The Sopranos, the scene where the naked chick walked through some fire to get her goddamn dragons, everything. Yeah. And yeah. however, how many Trump supporters no longer support Trump because they found out his name was Drumpf? <laughs> Absolutely no, Fucking none. How many of those Look. fucking hats did they sell to retards? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. What, are you talking 30, about Donald, Donald Trump? The uh, no, Make America Great no, Again no, hats no, make way more than that. <laughs> yeah. But uh, here's the thing, Asterius. Um, uh-huh. That clip that you're talking about, which yes. uh, I highly recommend everyone watch. It's really well done. It's, it's very funny. It's That's very not funny. my problem with it. And, it's and, and, and only funny if you support that political side. No, it's not. You blow hard. You can laugh at things that make fun of your position. I laugh at things that make fun of things that I believe in all the time. So I, I brought in a comment at the top of this episode making fun of my wallet thing. I mean, come on. You got to get over yourself. Like, Mm-hmm. Funny is funny regardless, right? If it's funny, I'm going to laugh at it. I don't care what political side it's coming from. And, and and honestly, I agree with that. One of the reasons I started listening, one of the reasons that I really liked the show was I was like, there's two really hilarious conservatives who are just yelling about all these policies that I disagree with, but they're fucking hilarious. Now, I'm sorry to call you both conservatives. I know that you have different words for your political <laughs> positions, but like as a huge flaming liberal from New York, I was like, these two conservatives are hysterical. 
That being said, my problem with political satire in the year 2016 is that it, <laughs> is that it preaches to the choir. Yeah. It doesn't, it's not a mechanism for persuasion. It's a mechanism for essentially reinforcing the opinion you already had when you clicked play. Because a conservative isn't going to watch anything John Oliver makes, and a liberal wasn't going to vote for Trump in the first place. The only reason this content exists is because it's monetizable entertainment. You know, it exists so that Slate on Monday morning can put out a little piece that's like, like John Oliver eviscerates Donald yeah. Trump with devastating takedown. And it's like, no, he's got more delegates than ever. He's more powerful than ever before, you know? And so the Breitbart's of the world can be like, can you believe this limey Brit is making fun of a huge hero, Donald Trump? And everybody makes money and nobody's opinions are changed and nothing no. is fixed. It's built to turn you into a hype machine for HBO. Yeah. It's no. built to be a hashtag because you are stupid and have no <laughs> opinions. You could not make these withering criticisms on your own, so you just jump on board John Oliver. You suction onto one of his crooked teeth and just start repeating whatever he says. His teeth are very... Let's not make fun of the man's teeth. He's got perfect teeth. Well, you guys. Well, we've been yelling you, you a lot. Guys, I want to hear what yeah. you have to say. You guys I'm are sorry. saying a lot of pretty words. I like your words a lot. These are mm -hmm. these are good. They're big. They're the tremendous words. Really they're good. Huge. Really good words. They're huge. They're huge words. Uh, but Smiling I, as though it's a joke. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. It's only funny if you hate Trump. I'm sorry. No, it's yeah. not. You blow. Like you can you can laugh at yourself. You can laugh at things that are genuinely funny. Mm -hmm. uh, that's all I'm saying. But here's the thing, Asterius. If this were the case mm -hmm. that only people who watch political satire are watching it to reaffirm their point of view, then there would be no such thing as conservative authors going on The Daily Show or conservative authors going on The Colbert Report or John Oliver. Well, John Oliver doesn't really have guests on his show, but mm -hmm. there, there's a thing in the publishing industry, this phenomenon called the Colbert Bump or the Stewart Bump. Mm -hmm. And that's when authors, conservative or liberal, go on these shows both, they all see bumps in their book sales. Now, you cannot tell me that it's only one political party watching this content because political satire is the one thing that transcends your political point of view. Now, if, uh, things I don't like. Think serious uh, is saying that. Well, things like Breitbart and things like uh, uh, Drudge Report and MSNBC or uh, Fox News, whatever, they, they are preaching very much to the choir and mm -hmm. people who consume their content are very staunchly conservative. But political satire specifically is something that transcends. Lines because it that, should. That, I just don't it think should. it does it in does 2016. No. I agree that I agree that in the days of Tammany Hall, when like the political cartoon essentially took down a crooked establishment in in New York, like yeah, political satire had an effect. Even in the 1970s, when you know fucking Chevy Chase is falling off a ladder and calling Gerald Ford a bumbling asshole, like the whole country was like, yeah, that guy is a bumbling asshole. Yeah, I agree that it used to, but. The specific thing that you're saying about like a conservative author going on the talk show portion of a show that's watched by a million people mm -hmm. and getting more book sales. Well, it's like, well, yeah, if that guy went on the Today Show, they'd probably see a bump in their in their fucking book sales, too, because millions of people watch the Today Show. I mean, that's PR. No, the Today Show is apolitical. You're talking about supposedly, right, that you, people would say that Jon Stewart's show when he was on Comedy Central was liberal. It, it was, was liberal leaning. Was. It was liberal leaning, <clears throat> and and same with Colbert Report. They would say that Colbert Report was liberal leaning. Yeah, yeah. right. So you wouldn't expect a bump in conservative authors' books from a liberal audience. Why not? 
Why wouldn't they pick up the opposition's book just to be informed? Well, then you're okay. You're underlining your own your own uh, now, argument now, here. Now, honestly, we're discussing two different things. I'm talking about comedic content that is that is political satire. I'm talking about when no. SNL has a guy go on stage and be like, "I'm Trump." Bumpa dumpa doo. I'm no. stupid. I eat poop like that. Like that sucks. I'm not talking about. But that's William the conversation Crystal. we're all having now. Is Trump? Is how stupid his hair is? Yeah, that's exactly. the political conversation. Never mind that who's ever president could set the direction of the country for fifty, a hundred years by picking three Supreme Court justices. His hair is stupid. That's yeah. why a bird flew onto Bernie's podium. <laughs> that's why. Yeah, but Hillary Clinton got- talks like a robot. Oh, she doesn't know how to relate to people. And we've got a generation of people who are proud that this is where they get their political opinion. From John Oliver. How many fucking kids, adults, uh, voting adults, say, oh, I get my news from comedians. Not from from the news or from politicians. You know what that says? You have a shitty attention span and you don't want to pay attention to what matters. Yeah, that you you need the sugar- Happy meal sized treats that immediately vindicate every little impulse you have and you don't have to think for a second. What's wrong with Trump? His name used to be Drumpf. <laughs> That's it. You nailed yeah, Go that, buy that, a hat, you stupid seal. From a, from a fucking a 10 minute video, you took a, a five second blurb, and that's all you got from it. Talk that's about you people who know it wasn't, from it. no, it wasn't shithead. That video was so informative and so well done. Oh, because horrible. Yes, no, done. it absolutely was. It was all you took from it, done. you're sitting here chastising people who get their information in bite sized piece, pieces because they don't have an attention span, yet all you can uh, hone in on is drump. Yeah, that was a five second joke at the tail end well, of a brilliantly done segment. People have dissected that video John, better than me. John Molyneux has torn it apart. It was all horseshit. No, it wasn't. Just, no, it wasn't. If it wasn't horseshit, it would have been two-sided. It was all 100% against Trump. It was just built for that fucking audience. Nobody is that one-sided. It couldn't possibly be the case where you build a perfect video against one person. Like, you couldn't do that against Hillary and she's the devil. And there's good there's good and bad. If you're gonna actually be like if you're pretending to be a fucking journalist, these fucking comedians like John Oliver, they tr- they act like journalists, but when you bust them for having no journalistic integrity, cherry picking everything and giving you an incredibly biased view of an event or a person like Trump, they just say, Well, we're just comedians. Well, we're just comedians. Like, yeah, but you're acting like a fucking journalist, you prick. But Dick, wow. they, all he did- all, That's what he's doing. No, all well, he did, he's not a journalist and he's not pretending he's, to be. Oh, no, yes, he's not. He is. No, he's not. It's a comedy show. And that's why that's right. why political satire specifically is important because it cuts through the political discourse. People who are not going to be going to Newsmax from the left and people are not going to be going to MSNBC from the right. They're not interested in that. They just want to reaffirm their worldview. However, a comedy show is the one fucking hope that we have. The one fucking hope that someone is going to click on it just to be entertained for a few minutes and get a laugh and maybe learn a thing or two. Yeah, some people are going to be staunchly conservative or staunchly liberal in whatever opinions they have of the world, of course. But John Oliver is not doing this under the pretense of being a journalist. Oh, He's doing he a comedy show. Well, well, okay, listen, whether... Look, personally... I disagree that John Oliver is presenting himself as a journalist. I think he's presenting Behind himself- the news desk in a suit. It's a parody. I mean, Weekend Update was a parody of the news. Until and- it wasn't. Until he st- until John Stewart started giving gigantic speeches in Washington, D.C. about returning to sit. What was his thing? The, Return yeah, to Reason? Returning to Civility. That, oh, yeah. That's a, what a hilarious name. Look, I- 
I know that comedians dabble in politics. I mean, for Christ's sakes, we have a, you know, Al Franken, Al Franken. is a senator. What, but I don't want to parse it. I mean, honestly, that's not my problem with it. My problem isn't that they have the pre... My problem isn't that, like, they say they're comedians when it's convenient and they say they're newsmen when they're when it's convenient. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that does happen, but whatever. If it's funny, it's funny. My problem is that political satire is now hyper-targeted. If you see John Oliver, if you see Trevor Noah, if you see Stephen Colbert in, do, in Facebook, you're not going to click it. No. Because you're like, these guys are all fucking liberals. They're in the tank for Hillary. They're in the tank for Bernie. Serious, what evidence do you have for any of this? You're saying that no one, and like, it's not persuading anyone and nobody's clicking through. Here's the thing. There is a certain mm-hmm. point, right? Even with my own content. Yeah. Where when my content breaches a certain threshold of viewers, all bets are out the window. Well, for example, I, I produced a little uh, uh, parody of the stupid meme that was floating around a couple of months ago. And my version of it got like, at least 30 to 34 to, to 40 million views. Mm-hmm. And after a certain point, I'm no longer preaching to my audience. I'm no longer reaching my audience. I'm reaching an audience I never intended to. I started reaching mothers and grandmothers and daughters and grandparents and people who would never read or consume my content were coming to my page and sending me hate mail because they were that was reaching a huge, huge audience. Now, there's a point where this John Oliver clip has to have penetrated the other side. Now, there's I don't see any evidence to suggest that that it's so targeted that only liberals are watching John Oliver, et cetera, or only conservatives are watching a conservative satirist. If you can find one, there isn't one. Yeah, I mean, there's no. there's there's what's his name? There's uh the guy that hosted Update in the '90s who after 9/11. Dennis, Dennis Miller. Miller. There's Dennis, Dennis Miller, Miller. Yeah. but he's not a satirist. Well, he, he, no, he, he tried he, to he be. Goes yeah. up, I mean, he has a stand-up special on Netflix, like where the opening joke is like. Uh, what's the name of the current governor of California, Jerry Brown, where he's like, mm-hmm. man, Jerry Brown stinks, boop, boopy doo, man, Charlemagne, <laughs> Jerry Brown. Like, it, 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 he tries, you know? Yeah. And the reason he is a conservative stand-up comedian is because he can make money at it. He can sell tickets to conservatives, you know? That's- Well, you don't think he is? I know he's, he's just, a conservative. I okay. absolutely, because he's a 9-11 conservative. He's one of those guys that like shit their pants after 9-11 and was like, I'm a conservative now. I'm scared I'm going to die. I did, but it was a coincidence. <laughs> well, I don't want to, we've discussed your pants and in in I don't want to bring up your pants. Well, here's what I'll say about the make Donald Trump again thing. If it did have an effect on every voter, then I don't think Trump would be as strong as he is. It That's doesn't. the most, I'm sorry? No, you're right. It doesn't. Yeah, I'm. I mean, he's. It, this is the most popular piece of content in the history of home box office. A giant corporation owned by a bigger corporation. We've all seen this content, and is it going to change the way any of us vote? Like, I was not going to vote for Trump before. I'm not going to vote for Trump now. Yeah, but- I feel better that I saw some Trump. The reason I think p- current political satire is useless is that it's sort of outrage porn in a different yeah. form. We all like to feel outraged about something. Back when Stewart was on it's The Daily snark Show. Porn. It's It's not yeah. even, you don't get outraged. No. You just have this smug sense of stuff like, I'm that clever. That's right. That guy's that clever and he thinks that. I, I hate Trump too. I'm that clever. Yeah, and then I'm going to go to a party later that night and I'm going to spit out the John Stewart's opinion and I'm going to feel better about it. Yeah. It's a way to arm each. And look, this is just my opinion. It's I feel like it's a way to arm each side with talking points that like reinforce their positions. I feel like it's a way to state what you think in a more clever way. For example, when Jon Stewart, Jon Stewart had a years long campaign against Fox News. Every night you could tune in and watch outrageous Fox News clips, clips of Fox News correspondents on Fox and Friends, like 
saying the dumbest things in the world. And I watch that. I'm like, ha ha, I don't watch Fox News. I'm smarter than that. <laughs> like, but here's the problem. Here's my problem. I'm sorry. I, I know you like you. Would you, I, yeah, I can I, take I, a break got, if you want to talk. Yeah, yeah, I, want to, I want to say something. So sure. here, here's the thing. As someone who is a professional satirist, it's my job to write satire. My whole entire career. Mm-hmm. I have gotten notes my whole entire career from people who's, who come to my website and they say, Maddox, I can see through your writing and I can see the message you're trying to say here. But you say it in such a way that's sarcastic and caustic and abrasive. Why don't you clean up your act and clean up your language so that people will take you more seriously. And I write back to them with so much anger and vitriol because they don't get what I'm doing. They're, the way that I speak and the way that I present my material reaches an audience that academics don't. People who are coming to my website are 13-year-old kids, 15-year-old kids, kids who are dejected, kids who don't have a connection, kids who don't feel connected in, in society, kids who might also feel like, shit's kind of fucked up and they want to read the information that I'm providing to them in a way that speaks to them. Mm-hmm. I'm speaking to a certain audience and I'm cutting through the same bullshit. Like you could take essentially the arguments that I make on my website. A lot of them are very academic and then take out the the, the cuss words and the funny images and things like that and make it a very dry academic paper. And then who's going to read it? Fucking I academics. Ha- I don't have a problem with your content. I no, like no, but, but, but to But to come full circle here, yeah. right? So just like I produce content that cuts through and reaches people that would never be reached by this message, that's exactly what political satire can do when it's done best. And that John Oliver clip, Dick, I'm with you 100%. John Oliver is biased as shit. I've seen some of his segments. The whole fucking company is. Well, I've seen some of his segments where he's, like, John Oliver will do this thing where he'll present an argument for something And he knows, his researchers, you can pick up on it if you listen carefully, but his researchers have found the counter-argument because he did this recently, I think, on this uh, water debate. And he'll address the counter-argument by dismissing it in a very clever way. He'll he'll present it. He'll say, well, sure, X, Y, and Z is true, but, and then then he'll give his rebuttal. But it's 2016. No, no, no. It's never like that. It's it's more like, it's more like, uh, uh, you know, but... And then he'll he'll present his other side of the argument, mm-hmm. but without really addressing the the uh, the root cause of the objection to it. Now I'm I'm able to to see that bias in his presenting and his mm-hmm. material, and in spite of that, he still does some good material. Now with the Trump piece that we're talking about, this Trump piece, yeah, he went into detail about Trump's policies and why they would never work, like Trump's wall, his absurd wall that he's suggesting, saying saying that it's only going to cost something like twenty two billion dollars. Like, yeah, well, no, Trump originally estimated uh, he originally estimated two billion, and then slowly crept up his estimation to twelve billion, and now they're they're saying that uh, people are actually like taking his him seriously because he's an actual candidate now. Yeah. Um, they're saying, well, now it looks like his wall is going to cost around $22 billion per year for maintenance. It's not going to cost that because Mexico is going to pay for it. Oh, so course. don't worry about those numbers. Yeah. But look- See, but that's a joke. No. Why look- is it a joke? Well, he's- Because like, it- that's something Trump said. Trump said, I'm going to make Mexico pay for it. I mean, that's his idea. position. If you can do it. Well, Sure. <laughs> how, much, how much fucking money do they have flying into Mexico every year? Threaten know. to stop it. If your neighbor stop giving them foreign aid. I'm, you know what? 
I don't want to discuss it. I'm not going to get into a argument about that, Trump's yeah, candidacy. The point is, it's not like it's not insane. Yeah, well, well it is because I, I, I think if, I think if your neighbor came to, to you and told you to build a wall, that happens. Okay. That is a real thing that happens. Did, would you, know, you be happy to? Would you shell out money for the wall, or would you spend the guys, money that you were going to spend it, on the wall on a lawyer to tell that guy to go fuck himself? It depends whose dog was fucking up someone's uh, lot. Like walls get built. Okay, okay. okay. Are I you out of your fucking mind? Mexico is an important trade partner. We do business back and forth. That's Billions of dollars, trillions of dollars. We we're do talking about potentially one way. No, Did absolutely you? not. They buy our oil. We sell. We sell them products. Vice versa. It, it's. It would be uh, chaos. And first of all, yeah, let's, well, let's, let's acknowledge. Curious as why uh, none of these people want to close the border. Why none of the politicians want to close Dick, the border. It, did you it watch? Only helps businesses. Dick, did it you? Only helps big businesses. Did what to to uh, keep to the borders have free open? Labor God, coming guys, in. Guys, in we're Texas, talking about political satire here. Please, yeah. for Hold Christ's on, stop sakes, stop talking about politics. Hold yeah, on. exactly. Look, don't, <laughs> it, what, look. Here, here's what I'm going to say. Like, all right, you watched that whole Donald Trump against segment. I did too. I watched the whole thing. I thought it was great. It taught me a lot of stuff about Donald Trump's past that I think is hilarious and blah blah blah. I wasn't going to vote for Donald Trump to begin I with. I know, but and it's I'm not going to vote for him now. Well, that's what I'm saying. It's me. What I'm saying is. The current state of political satire is polarizing because it's not people, satire. It's not satire. It's preaching to yeah. audiences that consume. Now, let, now, I, I'm sorry. I I, I just kind of want to get the rest of this out. Go ahead. Like, uh, so John Stewart's marquee issue is this: it's getting, it's getting relief to 9/11 first responders. Like, I, I know people who worked at 9/11 for months and years, and they are sick now because of it, and. Sometimes they get $10. Like, sometimes they get nothing. It's what do you mean, sometimes they get $10? From first, whom? Uh, from the 9-11 Commission of New York. It'll send them a survey every year that's like, so how's your breathing? So are you dead yet? Do you have cancer yet? Like, I'll get 10 bucks from and that. The, and then wrapped up in that survey, and I've seen it, is a $10 bill. Oh. That's like, here's $10 for your trouble. Thanks, the 9-11 Commission, a.k.a. the people that told you that it was safe to work at 9-11 because they didn't want to cause a national panic. Now, that is John Stewart's marquee issue. John Stewart wants the Congress to pay for the health care for 9-11 first responders. That's great, right? Yeah. Now imagine John Stewart went on The Daily Show every single night and spent five minutes a night talking about 9-11 first responders. You get bored of it. You'd be like, this isn't funny. I've seen this before. Yeah. I'm going to see who else is up against John Stewart. That's the problem with current political satire being monetized. It doesn't encourage it doesn't encourage actual deep thought. It doesn't encourage deep dives into issues and it doesn't encourage real change because one week I'll be watching John Oliver and he'll be talking about highway robbery. You know, the phenomenon where cops, if they find money, they can claim it. Yeah. And then and then I'll be watching that. I'll be like, oh my God, the highway robbery is terrible. This is awful. I'm outraged. Someone's got to do something about this. And next week he'll be like, Miss America, it's sexist. And I'll be watching that. I'll be like, Miss America's sexist. Oh my God. Can you believe how sexist this is? Yeah. Why aren't there any men? I'm not exactly hot dudes like myself, yeah, like all what of the us. Hell? So the thing is, the current state of political satire is entertainment only. It is not meant to create political change. If it was, I would appreciate <laughs> Jesus it. Jesus Christ. Uh, if it was, I would totally agree with you. I think that you're a satirist that goes out there and changes people's minds, but I think that you're in the vast minority. I think most of these people... It's entertainment. It's comedy with a different name. I don't what? think anybody's mind has changed by any of this. Okay. Well, any I mean, of what? I mean, 
any of this political, political satire. satire. Any, and yeah, yeah and I think do you agree with the reason that he's saying because it's so because it's all the time it's relentlessly hitting you, and because it's monetized, it ne- necessarily seeks the lowest common denominator. Like it's 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 a hashtag. Well, it's not like a pithy statement on Trump. It's a fucking hashtag okay. about his name. Two two things. Sure. I, I, look, I agree. The the Trump thing uh, is obviously just trying to get under Trump's skin because he does seem like he's pretty thin skinned. You with, think with it's a, a lot of see things. again? You're you're supporting the satirization element when we're saying it's a marketing ploy. Well, uh, it's uh, not. That's not targeting Trump. It's targeting shitheads on Facebook who just say Trump, 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 Trump all day like it's course, funny. Of course, it's an element of promoting the show, but. Specifically, John Oliver, because it's not advertisement, uh, it's not sponsored by advertisement. It is a, a monetized platform, uh, HBO. Mm-hmm. People are paying for that content. So I do trust that uh, the the corporate influence on that satire is is minimal, except for HBO, of course, which is which is one hundred percent, which is left leaning. Yeah, yeah. Uh, cor- I mean, the HBO- corporate influence on HBO is one hundred percent from HBO. Well, Whereas H- anybody else, you get your advertisers and your mothership, like a lot of different corporations, pull you one way or the other. Um, HBO HBO does not uh, uh, once once you have a show on HBO. I know people who've worked on HBO shows, uh, a bunch of my friends have, and mm-hmm. once you are creating a show for HBO, they don't give you direction on the show itself. You are a creator. They they respect your autonomy for the most part. They're not telling John Oliver uh, what to call. However, they are hiring John Oliver in the first place. They're hiring Bill Maher in the first place. And so the they're showrunners hiring, probably. Yeah, they're hiring left-leaning. David mom, who's, yeah. like, who's a guy from The Daily Show. They're now. hiring left-leaning creators. I, I totally get it. Yeah. Uh, that's fine. But um, as, far as, as far as pure satire goes, you would find it in a place like John Oliver's because it's a monetized platform that people are paying for. No, no, uh, no external corporations outside of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's not to say that he's not biased. Of course, he's biased. He's presenting a point of view. Yeah. But I think that by simply dismissing him as being a liberal or dismissing a conservative for being conservative without really looking at what they're saying is a, a huge ad hominem attack. You're not really uh, uh, divesting much of your time or energy into looking at what they're saying. And now, a long time Who's ago, doing that. A lot of people. A lot of people. People do that with my comedy all the time. People now, tweet at me all the time oh, yeah. and, and say, like, I think you're funny, but all this liberal stuff you post really turns me off. I'm going to unfollow you. And it's like, mm. well, what about my jokes? Like, do you want to pay attention to my jokes? Oh, I'm sorry. I like Bernie. Well, it's like, tough, though. It's tough to get hit with both. Like, you just get sick of it after a while. Yeah, I, it, if someone get, If someone's sick of my comedy, that's okay. It's not the comedy. It's the political stuff they get sick of. No. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I understand. It. Look, generally speaking, I don't do a lot of political stuff. On my website, I think in the entire span I've done it, I've I've published a few articles here and there about political stuff, and it's usually one per like four years or something okay. like that. I did one on uh Clinton a long time ago. I did one on Bush. Which one? Bill. Bill. I did one on Bush, and then I did one on Hillary Clinton too. And you did and you had Trump flying through space and a KKK mask being put onto him as he flew into the sun. Yeah, mm-hmm. which is fair. Um yeah. and, but <laughs> and unbiased. <laughs> but, and uh, voted to hell. But, but <laughs> here's, by the way. I loved it. Yeah. I loved it so much. You know what? You know what? I was I put that out there. It's it's kind of a soft release. I've never really promoted it anywhere. And right. I, I I did that as uh, for a couple of reasons. I wanted to see how videos would get shared organically on YouTube without any of my influence. Mm-hmm. And um, as of this as of this uh, recording, I believe it has over 100,000 views. So it's done really well on its own organically. Cool. And the votes are are pretty down. And <laughs> and when I published when I published that 
video, um, I lost something like three, 400 subscribers that day. I thought, well, let's see, adios, bitches. And I noticed that big drop. But then the following week, I gained 5,000% subscribers, which is the biggest bump I've received since since that video. So go fuck yourselves, people, This is the message there. But um, as far as changing people's minds is serious, because all I heard was from you and Sean is, I think it's not having an effect. I think it's not persuading people. I was curious if any kind of political message or any kind of argument presented online has ever persuaded anyone. So I posed that question to my audience on Facebook a while ago. I asked a simple question. I said, has an argument you've ever read online ever persuaded you? And um, I would say about about two-thirds of the comment were from people who said, yes, they were persuaded by an argument they read online. Well, but satire? Yeah, some of them were satire, Sean, of course. Okay, because sure, anybody can be, when you have a different uh, point of view put forth, sure. yeah, you're supposed to consider it. I mean, if you're being intellectually honest at all. Yeah, yeah. But I don't know about satire. Yeah. But, guys, sure, I've had things online change my mind. Guys, the biggest the biggest lie, the biggest uh, uh, deceit that we are fed today is that there is this two-side two-side philosophy. There's the political and conservative side, and we have to pick one or the other, and both are diametrically opposed. It's not true. Both sides want a good life for everyone. Both sides want to have happiness. Both sides want what's best for this country. You have to believe that. You have to believe that the other side wants what's good for this country. And mm-hmm. if you start at that place, then you can start to look at things with an open mind and consider other possibilities rather than thinking that they are bad or necessarily evil or bigots or racist or, uh, you know, left-leaning liberal cucks or whatever you want, whatever yeah, these stupid labels are. Yeah, but you're the one that are. called Trump a bigot. You are the one that called Trump a racist. Dick, I do not have a problem with with conservatives. I do not have a problem with liberals. I do have a problem with Trump. Trump is neither. But Trump you is an authoritarian. him a bigot and a racist. Because he is. I, do, See, I genuinely is, believe you he just, is. You just said how everybody has to um, has to imagine that everyone, every, both sides are coming to make America better and to help everyone. And in the next sentence, you say, Donald Trump, who's a billionaire, who has... No fucking no need to run for president is a bigot and a racist because he says people doing illegal things should not be allowed to do those illegal things. That's not what he said. He That's said, what he said. No, he's you know, you, you're saying it in a better way. You're saying it more eloquently than Trump, which would not get me percentage points in the polls. Well, yeah, but, smart. but Trump's Trump's own. A uh, political advisor, his top political advisor, recently uh, stepped down from the job and said she came out and she said, "Guys, this was all a joke. Trump never intended to become president. He wanted to become second place with a twelve percent vote. That's, that's what she said." That's so sad that you would just take that at face value from a woman who just lost her job and who is, by her own admission, started the campaign not to win. She started to do her job to fail. That was her goal. That's what she said. Is there there a stun gun in the room or something? I'm trying to talk about political satire here and how it doesn't affect change in its current form. If you think about someone like, I guess the last guy that you would say was even and on the level was Jay Leno. Because conservatives and liberals both watched him. True. And like, you know, he would make fun of Bill Clinton being a cheater and he would make fun of George W. Bush being an idiot. 
But he didn't change anybody's mind. He was just making but jokes. But you don't know that, Asterios. You you're know, not saying, and you're not bringing any evidence to the table. I appreciate your, your you know, like, uh, you know, you're trying to, well, well, it's, it's ask, very dismissive. It's very, like, well, pessimistic. Well I, well, well, I guess I'll ask this, and I will and I will ask it honestly. And if you guys want time to think about it, we can pause the recording. This is we live. don't do that. Like, we just oh, immediately answer before you're done talking. Fair enough. What was the last piece of political satire that changed your mind? Political satire? Yeah, the wow. last piece of political satire. And I'm going to think about this too. Like the last piece of political satire where I was like, oh. Here are the ones that stick out for me. Dana Carvey's Ross Perot. Okay, right? that was a big one. What? What? How did it? Change? Oh no, no! I'm just naming political satire pieces to try to like crack the oh, sure. my memory of okay. what the fuck's political satire. Yeah, Will Ferrell's uh, George W. Bush. Really funny. It was very funny. Yeah, but it made me like him even more. That's what a lot of people said, about, right? About yeah, Will Ferrell's George W. Horatio Bush. Sands says that that they, SNL gave him the second election or gave him the election, right? Yeah, I can't think of it. What what other political satire pieces have there even been? Well, I mean, SNL is the big one because SNL is a show that, like, you have to think about it for a minute to know that it's in the tank. Futurama, but, Robot Nixon. How, do you remember me, that It makes one? me like Nixon more. Like, it's like, Nixon it made, me, it made me think about the process, though, how in the future it's just as thing, it'll get more and more and more towards the center where you have literally a clone running against another clone. But that I'm, was the future. But I thought that anyway, he's talking about the episode where John Jackson <laughs> runs against bitter rival Jack, Jack Johnson. Johnson but, it's like, it, but if you're yeah. going to tell me that the that like it's a two-party system that's kind of rigged, then I already believe that. Yeah. Futurama didn't teach me anything new. I love Futurama. Futurama's hilarious. But, eh, you know, what, what if Futurama teach me that Nixon's crooked? No shit, Sherlock. The guy's a literal criminal. Like, yeah, okay. But let's think. But I mean, honestly, I, I think- I thought that was good satire, though. I, I don't know. I can say Nixon? what it taught me. Of the, of the whole process. Of what? Ha, 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 oh, have, you, okay. have, you, have you ever read anything, uh, Dick or Asterios, uh, say political in nature- uh, maybe a meme That's or something. That's all I read. Okay. Well, mm -hmm. have you ever read anything that uh, persuaded you or changed your mind? Of I, course. I, and 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 I guess and again, like we're talking we're talking about political satire, not like a meme that makes me think that like oh maybe welfare is bad or well or maybe gun control is good or blah blah. I'm like I'm talking about political satire in 2016. I'm talking about your Colberts. I'm talking about your John mm -hmm. Stewart's. Like I'm not talking. About, I'm not. My problem isn't unchangeable minds. Like, my problem is political satire and how it's ineffective. It's entertainment. It's my, and like, it exists purely to be monetized. Yeah. I, I, I disagree. I think that, uh, that's okay. Yeah. I, I, I think that political satire, I think that it's a very cynical view to think that political satire only exists to be monetized. I think that there are people who are genuine creators, like myself. Uh, who create satire that isn't monetized. But you don't create much political stuff. You said so yourself. Yeah, I don't. I don't create much political stuff, but I do create a lot of satire, and a lot of it isn't but monetized. But that's his point. Polit that political satire. But there is political satire out there that isn't monetized. It's basically most of my Facebook friends who write political satire, uh, they're not monetizing it. They're just doing it because they're getting a Are you a sure laugh. that's satire? I, I know satire when I see it. I don't need a satire tag. Mm. I mean, you know, I guess we could talk about The Onion. I mean, the Onion. I I believe it's it's very left leaning. It started out a bunch of guys in uh, the state of Milwaukee, and then and then eventually they moved to New York, and then mm -hmm. now they're in Chicago. So they go from mm -hmm. liberal to liberal to liberal place. <laughs> Fuck you, and uh, <laughs> slip right yeah, by. For a I was like, yeah, Mil the state of Milwaukee, good state. But I mean, 
I, the Onion has never really changed my mind, and I've been reading it since I was a kid. I interned at the Onion when I was seventeen. Uh, it's like, yeah, when they called George W. Bush an idiot, I'm like, yeah, I think that guy's dumb. You know, yeah, it's but just, it, you know, I had I mean, to stop reading it as it got more political. Why? It's like, it's just not like I do think it's only funny if you have their political meaning at leaning at some point. Oh come it's on! Like, well, it's just like I know what's funny. It's like, well, that's not funny anymore. And and I'll and I'll say this: I feel like political satire at this point is just. It's just the specifics of the joke. It's not the joke itself. A nerd comedian will go like, blah, 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 is as stupid as Jar Jar Binks. And a feminist comedian will go like, blah, 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 is as stupid as a man. Mm -hmm. And a political comedian will go, blah, 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 is as stupid as Donald Trump. Or like, is as robotic as Hillary Clinton. Or is as old and out of touch as Bernie Sanders. It's just a different punchline. It's just a way for stupid people to think they're watching something smart. Yeah. Do, you, do you agree with that, Dick? Yeah, that's why I couldn't read The Onion anymore. It's no longer smart. Okay, it was Dick. just, hey, look at me. Look at how snarky you wish you were. All right. What's your what's your problem, Dick? <laughs> um, well, my problem's a big one, too. This is going to be a long episode. <laughs> this affects way more people yeah. than political satire. Oh, yeah? Banging your funny bone. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a hot date. What? <laughs> The funny bone? Have you heard of it? No. What's the what do you well? What it's do you not funny, bone? funny, and it's not a bone. It's a bundle of nerves in your elbow. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's kind of funny. <laughs> Look, it's the reverse of an orgasm. <laughs> <laughs> you mean cum goes into your elbow? Like what happens? It's I'm being way more metaphorical than that. Yeah. It's the reverse. Imagine an orgasm. Done. Great. Doing it right now. Inverted. Okay, oh. that's that's banging your funny bone. That's just a, a the inverted uh, the sound it makes in my mind is <laughs> horrible horrible sound. You got to get everything. The feeling, the re the release, the feeling that you get with an orgasm, the build up all happening in reverse time when you bang your funny bone. Oh, God. It's all right. squeezing into your body. The tension's getting greater and greater. You got to work it out slowly. It's It could never go away. That's the feeling you get when you bang. It happens to men and women. It's a universal problem. It's a universal problem. Look, where's the worst? Where's the, where do you want to get hit on your body? Where's the worst place? Your balls, your right? Balls. Absolutely. Not for women. <gasps> but it's the one thing we have in common. The great equalizer is the banging the funny bone. Hmm. Right? Is it? Huh. Let me think about that. I guess. Uh, would you rather get punched or bang your funny bone? Uh, bang I my funny bone. I would rather get punched. Punched, yeah. Really? Mm -hmm. Be honest. Think yeah. about Let's it. Let's do both to him right now. <laughs> Let's give it a real and A, see B which test. one hurts more. You know, what about the Three Stooges thing where you take two fingers and you're coming towards someone's eyes? Mm -hmm. That affects both men and women. Yeah, Why don't you bring I, that in? But I have the, the fin hand <laughs> yeah, defense. That's, oh, it's easy to the defend. Fin, you can't protect <laughs> your funny bone because you can't. What are you going to do? Walk around? You can't grab, you can't protect both elbows at the same time. Elbow no. pads, See? bro. Look, no, you're, Sean, your funny bone is exposed. Yes, it is. I'll bang that funny bone. Yeah, let's bang, bang <laughs> Sean's funny bone. Sean, you don't even know where your fucking funny bone is, you idiot. <laughs> Sean's grabbing his ankles. <laughs> He's bending over. Yeah. You know what? Assume the position. Yeah. I've got to say. This funny bone problem, I think, is actually a much bigger problem than political satire. It's a way satire. bigger problem. As if this were a brokered convention, <laughs> I officially give all <laughs> votes yes. that would have reached political satire to the funny bone. Yeah. I'm throwing in my lot with Dick. Thank you. 
Make Dick, Funny I, Bone's great again. I have. I, <laughs> I, I looked up Funny Bone here. It says it's the part of the elbow over which the ulnar nerve passes. Oh, a knock oh, on the Funny Bone. My head hurts. My, Stop saying my that. My nerves hurt. A knock on the Funny Bone may cause numbness and pain along the forearm and hand. May cause pain. Who is? Who wrote this? And then the second definition is a person's sense of humor as located in an imaginary physical organ. <laughs> Wait, someone someone wrote that. Yeah, that's the Wikipedia? first definition that comes up. Yeah, look, guys, it's proof that there's no god. I think we absolutely can all, everyone everyone says that the ear is proof that there's a god. Yeah, funny bone is proof that there's no god. Why would God hate? Did unless He hates us? Unless God made a creature purely to suffer? Yeah, that's possible. Then you God know, is the devil. If you actually, absolutely, if you and the devil's the super devil. <laughs> if you actually think about the. Uh, the funny bone and how much pain it causes people. Uh, it really puts a lot of com- a comedy clubs names in context. doesn't mm-hmm. it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. They are all painful. They are pretty painful. That's the last place I ever want to get invited is yeah. to a comedy club. Oh my God. I will find any excuse not to go to a comedy club and I'm a stand up comedian who performs <laughs> at them. <laughs> do you invite people to your shows? No. Or do you feel bad? I would yeah. never do that. And, uh-huh. and I tell my girlfriend all the time, you don't need to come see this. Yeah. You can stay home. And then she goes, do you not want me at your show? And I'm like, no, that's no, not what I'm saying. Understand. I'm trying to protect yeah. you. I'm just saying you'll be a better person for not coming. Yeah. yeah. You could do literally anything with that time. and It'll be more productive. It's, it's so weird because when Sean and I used to play music, I would invite everyone. That's you would invite different. Everyone. And, well, that's what I'm saying yeah. is so funny about it because then you start performing comedy. You're like, oh, you know, pl- uh, please don't come. Like you don't have to. <laughs> you don't have to come. I'm sorry in advance. Yeah, you're doing me a huge favor. In order to get people out to comedy shows, you have to like be like, there'll be free beer there, uh-huh. and we're all going to hang out later and smoke weed. Yeah. You have to like, uh, you have to promote the non-comedy show parts of the comedy show. <laughs> all right, well, guys, and a little comedy show might break out. Don't worry about that. Yeah, the, yeah. <laughs> what's what's more inconsiderate? Sure, po- posting political satire on Facebook because I agree it's annoying. Oh yeah. God, it's super yes. annoying. What's Jesus. more, what's more inconsiderate: posting political satire or inviting your friends to a comedy show where there is a cover? Oh, that's a oh, real yeah, Sophie's choice. Bad. Yeah. What's worse? What would you, what would you hate more? I think that's that's a toss up for me. You might as well pay, if if someone gave me an option to pay them five dollars to not post political satire or anything on Facebook, I'd take that option. I think. You know mm. what I've done a lot? I'll buy a ticket to someone's show and I won't show up. I'll buy a ticket online, I'll give them the $5, and that's it. Guilted into it. And it's just like, okay, they may, they help make their number at the door because, you know, oh, everyone's God. trying to make their number at the yeah. door so they can get paid, mm-hmm. and I don't have to watch a comedy show. Everybody wins. wins. Yeah. That's not that's that's pretty good, Asterios. Yeah. That's why that's why I like it when people buy my comics and just throw them away. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> it's awesome. Yeah, you I, do. What makes you look like a bigger asshole? Posting political satire or inviting people to your comedy show? I, yeah, I, don't know. I know it's inviting people to your political comedy show. That's the worst thing you can do to your friend. Come out like laughing liberally. Oh. Come out and watch laughing liberally or a conservative chuckle fest. I got one worse. A one, like that? Sounds good. A one oh, man. Let's go. <laughs> Yes. A, a one man or one woman show, like oh. a one woman. Sh- oh my gosh, there's mm-hmm. so many of them these days. It's just like, hey, come out to my one woman show. It's like, well, how, how, what do you mean? What am I get? What do I got to do? It's like, are you kidding me? This is, I got to sit here and watch you for like an hour. Are you just talking on stage about 
A one-woman show? Your vagina? Like, what are you doing? And it's always uh, about their vagina. It's always, like, gross shit, too. They're yeah. both every time I, Every time I hear about a one-man or one-woman show, I just picture that scene from The Big Lebowski. Where, like, <laughs> oh, <it's>, yeah. <laughs> where he goes to see his landlord. Yeah, show. his landlord, and he's dressed up like fucking Nero or somebody. Yeah. Prancing it's, uh, around on a chair. Mazorsky pictures in an exhibition, I think, is the piece that plays oh, during. Oh, my boy. God. Yeah. Yeah. Let's end on that. <laughs> <All right>. well, <laughs> ladies. Well, guys, my problem has <laughs> been a minute. I've got a, oh, I've, got a, I've got a sound effect for that, what you just witnessed there. I'm, you know, I'm a writer. I'm, <laughs> you know, I'm a writer. I'm, you know, I'm a writer. I'm, you heard this one? Yeah, it's a ringtone. It's a good ringtone. I like it. You know, I'm a writer. I'm, you know, I'm a writer. Oh, that's All great. Right. I love that. <laughs> yeah, that's the best part. You know, <laughs> you fucking idiots. I'm a writer. I can't even tell you, you how much of a writer. You know what? You know what, guys? Where you're not gonna Why? say it? No. I don't want you to do that anymore, okay? Because I'm going to trademark that. Uh, that's that's me. You, you're not allowed to oh. do that. I, you have to pay me royalties if you say that. Well, right? I'm that's my trademark. Yeah, don't say it. You know, I have a book. Uh, I have a book coming out in October. Actually, what is it? Is it going to come out before your book? Uh, when yes. the fuck is your book coming out? You know what, Asterius? It's coming. All right, oh, don't worry about it. What it's percentage fine. are you at? I'm a, I'm at a high percentage, a big one. It's yeah. good. It's big. <laughs> it's a huge. It's number. a huge, huge number. It's a, it's tremendous. It's a tremendous percentage. The best percentage. All right. You got anything else, Dick? No, that's all I've prepared <laughs> guys, for the funny bone. A, a pol- guys. Uh, d- <laughs> Guys, apologies to Dick. Uh, Dick does actually bring in longer, bigger problems sometimes, and we run out of time, so he brings in these uh, backup problems. Well, I know when we have a guest, I want to give the guest a lot of time to talk about their problems. And you know Max is going to take the first 50 minutes anyway. Well, I suspect he might. (laughs) Wow. You know. Yeah, whenever anybody's like, whenever anybody's like, I'm so tired of these Dick Masterson short, relatable problems that are hilarious. How come he didn't spend 20 minutes reading a bunch of stats talking about bullshit? Shit. No, like, oh, sorry, you got entertained on this comedy show, Jagoff. Uh, the audience is incorrigible. There's nothing, I don't know, I don't know what they fucking want. We've brought in shows where <sighs> Dick and I, we had a really good time, we had a blast, and people are like, this is the worst fucking show I've ever heard. <laughs> You'll yeah. never please everyone. You know, it's just a bunch reading. of crybaby bitches. I had to stop reading all of it. It was too upsetting. It was, oh yeah, you really got thrown. You really got into it with some yeah. of those guys. Oh, huh? absolutely. And and I realized like I'm angry about other things in my yeah. life, and I'm putting this energy it's screaming at strangers. Mm. Like I'm not going to go on the Reddit anymore. And I'm, my I'm life is a measure- bum. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I'm my life is immeasurably better for not doing uh, that. Hey, you know what else will make your life better? Turn off auto playing videos on Facebook. My problem this week was Facebook video. My problem this week was political satire. My problem is banging your funny bond. <laughs> See you next Tuesday for episode 100! Oh yeah. shit, that's right. Big Randy 100. said we were supposed to heavily promote that all episode. <laughs> yeah, I think people should count to 100. What? I said we just did. Oh yeah, okay. Yeah, there it is. It's there pretty- you go, Randy. Yeah, real. <laughs> All right, I've got I've got a ton of voicemail from Weird Matthew McConaughey. Oh boy, I'm Yay. just gonna go on a run. We'll say we'll save some of them for a 100. He always he he leaves like six voicemails yeah. every week. I've listened to them too, and it seems it sounds like he's getting progressively drunker and drunker. That <laughs> is great. Love this man. Yeah. So uh, my girlfriend's parents' van got broken into on the way back from Alabama one time. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I just have to sum that up. My girlfriend's parents' van. 
got okay. broken into. I'm following. It stopped at like, I don't know, it was like a gas station or a motel or some shit. Came back out. All the fucking Christmas presents were gone. I'm like, who fucking steals kids' presents? <laughs> and it was one of those fucking full-size vans with, like, the window shades and shit. A rape van. That's what you call them. <laughs> a candy van. Uh, <laughs> Always the rape jokes on the Casper episodes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this, one, this one's a pretty good insight. I agree with him on this one. Maybe this is a problem. I shouldn't blow it. You know how in movies they always make, uh... Getting a pro job and doing something else look cool. <laughs> true. But really, it's not because you can't concentrate. Like I was thinking, new season of Trailer Park Boys dropped. Wouldn't it be cool just to get your dick sucked the whole time just until you die? I'm watching Trailer Park Boys. Like you just roll a fat one, you smoke, <laughs> and you just get some bitch to suck your dick for like. I feel like he's asleep, and this is just like his mouth talking his but, thoughts. Yeah, whatever. But then I was like, oh shit, hold on. I <laughs> what, his phone ring while he was on the phone? I don't know, but he called back to okay, finish the story. Of course, yeah, I gotta hear this. Anyway. So, you know, it's like. I want to enjoy Trailer Park Boys or the blowjob as much if I was enjoying them separately. Oh, very full The joint goes good with either one. That's kind of a cool thing. But I think what made it so cool was Blumpkin. Because I'm mean, what's better than fucking knocking two things out at once, right? Uh, yeah. Problem is, is no one wants to give them. <laughs> That's the problem. That's the problem. Yep. The biggest problem right there. Yeah. No one wants Not to give you a bump. Yeah. <laughs> Dear God. Okay, guys. Uh, we got big episode 100 coming up next week. It's a big one. You don't want to miss it. It's huge. <laughs>